I came in to the house and I didn't say hello to her. My mother, she beat me because I didn't show her respect. No, I'm sorry. Oh, that, that's all wrong. Um, Sounds right to me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I know that feeling. Right. Like, okay. Wait, that moment right there is your intro. The world is filled with a lot of opinions. And most of them seems to be based on agendas. Yeah, no shit. It's either left versus right. And right versus wrong. What if we cut the bullshit? And finally say what needs to be said. Ryan Little. Hi guys, I'm Anna. And I'm JJ. And you are listening to The Habitual Truth. A podcast inspired by speaking up and speaking out. We're sitting down to talk to you about life, love, and how to kill it. Because when you speak the truth, it becomes habitual. We're coming out the gate with the hard stuff, talking about codependency. We hear this word all the time, and what people know is that you do not want to be in a codependent relationship. At the same time, most people don't really know what it means. So how do you tell if you are in one, and what do you do if you are? In today's episode, we're going to find out. Hey, JJ. What the f*** does codependency mean? Oh, all right. So we're just going to jump right in. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, in thinking about codependency, uh, the first thing we decided to do is go right into Google. And what it says is that it's excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. Typically, the partner is one who requires support on an account of an illness or addiction. Um, yeah, uh, definitely don't need the illness or addiction part because I already know so many codependent relationships without those things. Uh, so you know about people who are in codependent <laughs> relationships and they don't need help with no. illness or addiction. No. I see. Okay. No. So, um, you know, in talking about uh, codependency, um, something that I've discovered is that about 95% of people in relationships have gone through some type of codependency at one point or another. Would you say that you experienced the same thing? Yeah, I mean, I can definitely think of multiple relationships, um, both romantic and not, that were heavily, heavily codependent. And even some relationships that I'm still a part of, like in terms of family, that are heavily codependent as well. Oh, yeah, right. So that's the great point that codependency is not just about having unhealthy relationships with a significant partner. It's also with our family, sometimes our friends, and even in the workplace. So let's really kind of dive in and define what codependency really means. We hear the Google definition and it certainly gives some light to it except really does it tell us are we in a codependent relationship right now or not right right so i certainly have been in a codependent relationship too mm -hmm. i think most of my relationships in the past were codependent and most of my family members are codependent and definitely a friend or two <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true yeah it's probably true I'm, I'm talking about anna by the way if, if none of you know she he loves it we have, <laughs> we have some codependent tendencies as well. <laughs> so when, when think about codependency, is the relationship codependent or is it the person? And so the thing is, is that it's the individual who's codependent. And oftentimes the other partner is the one receiving 
all that codependent behavior. So, for example, I like to think about codependent relationships like two batteries. So in a healthy relationship, healthy batteries are able to deplete their energy and then replenish their energy, right? They know how to recharge their own energy. Right. So that's healthy individuals. And then when they come together in a healthy relationship, they have their own energy that they deplete for each other sometimes, for other things in their life, and then they replenish it. They recharge. Sometimes you need a little bit of energy from your partner, and that's okay. Except in general, you're able to be self-sufficient. You're self-reliant. The thing about codependency is that a codependent person gives excess amount of their energy to their partner because they feel that that partner not only needs their energy to be successful and to survive or to be healthy, that it's their responsibility to give their energy. And the partner, they're not necessarily codependent because the partner tends to be this person who will accept that energy and take it and take it. And hence, that's why so oftentimes the person who's the partner has the illness or has the addiction because they need a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. That is where the codependent person comes in to help give them that energy that they can't be able to provide for themselves. So maybe it's a really good point to kind of talk about what does that look like? Uh, I mean, I can think of like just a few instances where it may be something about maybe it's just like, um, sorry, I mean, I know that. No, it's fine. So I can really think of the first main example probably in my entire life was first of all my parents are immigrants right they um, immigrated from the Dominican Republic uh, before I was born like in the early 80s and you know of course as immigrants who are new to this country have no family here you basically have to build your own life right and you don't have your children here I hadn't been born yet so once I started getting older and I started being able to a I spoke English um, I was able to translate for them I started almost feeling like more of an adult than my siblings because I had to start I was the one that already had that base so I was there I was there like I was their translator I was their their access to the American world you're the person I was like the parent right in that way where I had to have access and knowledge of everything that was going on of course besides like actual money but just like transitioning and um, talking to people and you know things as simple as going to an appointment for an apartment somewhere to live right I was the main source of that information that you know I was like that right so for compressor yeah for your family who was recently immigrated into the country you were essentially their caretaker Mm -hmm. from a America, mm-hmm. new world perspective. Right, exactly, yeah, exactly. So I, that's one huge one that I hear a lot of immigrant families discuss. Um, I feel, I mean, I just feel it now as an, even more as an adult. I feel like I still, those my parents still have that kind of dependence on me. Okay. Like it's not something that they've ever been able to let go of. Okay. Um, and I, I feel the sense of responsibility, although my siblings are grownups now too, and I'm the youngest of three, yeah. it's not the same because I was, I was here you know, 
the entire time that they've lived in this country. I've been here. Yes. So it's there's always been like that that give. I need to give them this. Sure. I need to be there for them in this way. So I mean, that sounds like something that's codependent to me, but I don't know if I'm thinking of it the right way in terms of my familial connections. So yeah, your family was dependent on you, right? And so you acted as the co-pilot of their dependency. Mm. So you sometimes supported it. You sometimes maybe enabled it. And being that codependent person in that situation, you felt somewhat responsible and sometimes uh, guilty that you needed to meet the needs for them. Mm. So using an example with like my family and switching the roles around and putting my mother in, let's say, the the codependent role. If I came in and I didn't say hello to her, and she feels concerned and insecure because she feels bad that I don't say hello to her. She would go and say, why didn't he say hello to me? Mm-hmm. Is he upset or something? Mm-hmm. Is he having a bad day? Let me go and try to fix this. Mm-hmm. Let me try to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you doing okay? Are you having a good day? What's wrong? What's What do I need to do to make sure that you are filled and happy? Mm-hmm. Because... That is my responsibility. Mm. And if I do that well, then I feel better. Mm. I feel like I fulfilled some of my worth. So my worth is dependent on your action and reaction. Almost like that. Yeah, because I gauge your happiness through your reaction Mm -hmm. and your actions. And if you're happy, that means I've done what I need to do to make you feel good. It's like that battery analogy where my responsibility is to give you energy to make you feel good. Right. Now, for a relationship or even for that family situation, I'm going to be in here wondering, Ma, why are you all upset? I'm okay. I'm good. Leave me alone. Right. The reason why codependent relationships tend to thrive is because they want it. Mm. They need it. It's like, you know what? You're right. I need more from you to make me feel okay because I feel upset. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard day. This is all about me and you need to give me things to make me feel better. And that is very common within an addictive personality, right? They oftentimes are going through something in their life so they need substances to make them feel better except it always helps to have a significant partner to make them feel better as well. Mm-hmm. So they put that blame and responsibility on them. The codependent person is already doing it for themselves, and it just makes it worse. Yeah, I mean, now that you put it that way, it does actually seem like it's a problem. You know, you think of it, you're in the relationship or, or in the situation, and you're like, no, this doesn't, this doesn't feel abnormal. But when you put it like that, it's like, okay, no, this is not normal. This is not mentally healthy or emotionally healthy, and that can lead to a lot of harm. As yeah. a result. Yeah. Right, right, right. Sure. Absolutely. So maybe we can kind of talk about that. Yeah. I think for a lot of us, we think about modern day society. We grow up um, listening and reading Disney fairy tales where two people come together and if they truly love each other and they love each other with their entire whole heart, their relationship will be unbreakable. Mm-hmm. It will last only based on the fact that they will do everything they can to make each other happy. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the responsibility to make each other the savior complex. Right. And so it does cause problems, especially if a person 
is taking a lot of that and saying, okay, yeah, give give me everything you got because you have to do everything you can to make me happy. And the other person is basing their worth on just doing that and they don't need anything for themselves. They don't need the partner to do something for them. It's all about them giving to the other person. And so there certainly are a lot of problems is associated with that. So how do you make it okay? Like how do you rationalize it in your head to say, because nobody wants to be lonely, right? Yeah. Like nobody wants to be alone. So I think you you made a great point. No one wants to be lonely, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what tends to happen as we are feeling codependent mm-hmm. is that we say to ourselves, well, I'm going to be alone mm-hmm. if I don't do this. Mm-hmm. Because the reality for us in our heads is that we must do these things to take care of someone and then they will stay with us. Mm-hmm. Or, and some of us, in our minds, we say, we must do these things because this is how you stay in a relationship, because this is what relationships are made of. Loneliness is the fear that keeps us being codependent. We sometimes rationalize it and say, you know what? It's not because I don't want to lose my relationship. It's because my person that I'm with needs me to survive. Mm. And so hence the savior complex. I need to take care of someone and then they will feel good and we will have love and we will stay together except that's the rationalizing because you do not have to give your whole self to make someone happy to keep them to stay with you that is not your responsibility that is not your value and that is not your worth I can absolutely identify with that feeling of not wanting to feel that loneliness. And as a result, you continue to be a part of this like cycle of codependency. You stay in something so long that at the end of it, you realize you weren't really happy in it for a long time. Mm. And as a result, now your life is completely turned around, but you still have to find a way to make it back to the surface right because you're kind of like deep underwater it feels like and you're you're trying to fight to the surface and you don't don't even know what that surface looks like anymore because you haven't been there in so long because you've been blocking all of that out in favor of this codependent relationship in favor favor, of this cycle in favor of this person in favor of this person that you need to take care of that i need to take care of yes and inside and, and and because of that you lose sight of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like you said that it's like you constantly are in this cycle yeah. and then years go by and you're you're like something is wrong here. Yeah. I feel like I need to get out of whatever is wrong in this even though I can't put my finger on it i need to get to the surface i just don't know how to i don't know what that looks like Mm -hmm. and that is a very common sign that you are in a codependent relationship if you're daydreaming of leaving your partner right right. you're (laughs) like maybe it would be better in my life if i wasn't here anymore exactly that's kind of crazy you think that that's just like your human brain playing tricks on you Uh, and turns out no maybe like this is like a red flag right right right, exactly you want it you need to get out yes 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 yes. (laughs) you you think that um no this is what relationships are sometimes there are hard times and you just got to stick it through except then you think oh wait this may have been 
my intuition telling yeah. me something that something is wrong before i was ready to listen to it right absolutely Unfortunately. until you go through it either so hard yeah that it hits you like a ton of bricks yes and it and you just gotta fight your way out yeah or some people never leave mm-hmm. some people never leave like the titanic you've been sinking and sinking and sinking and you're all the way at the bottom of the ocean floor okay and then you stay there because and you stay there because you think you deserve it or you think that you like this is your life like you've built this life Mm. this is the life you've built this is the life you've you've you chose right so this is the life life that you have to deal with you're responsible you're responsible for this life yeah like there's no turning back on it now right especially when it's something that includes something as like sacred as marriage yeah like you're like no this must be the hard parts that everybody talks about Uh, this must be it yes you have to be able to work through this like there's if you can't get through this, you can't get through anything. Like, how are you going to have kids? Right. 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 In the relationship. Because when it you're gets no harder. Long, right. That's what they say. Right. I yeah. mean, if my parents did it. Yeah. Why can I do it? Right. right? My right. parents been through this. It's it, fine. It almost re- uh, represents failure to yeah. you. Right. Yeah. Because especially with um, you make this commitment for life and you put the ring on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then now it's what the only other what what is the option? Divorce. Divorce is such big failure to most people, especially depending on where you grew up from or your faith. That's a big deal. Absolutely. I don't, I don't like you right now. Because you're feeling things? Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. I know, it's but so it's hard. just so hard. Is it hard because it's like reliving the experiences? Yeah. Okay, what's it's the hard? What, what? I think it's just, it's like, um, like you, you say that you're going to be in this like forever and then you're like, Oh, guess not. <laughs> it's just the sanctity of marriage. Like I really, I really, it's something that I hold dear. And it's something that, you know, my parents were able to do for so long. And even though they got, eventually they did separate. It's like, no, like you grow up watching Disney movies. Yeah. You grow up thinking whatever, um, you know, Beauty and the Beast. You have your issues and then you work through them and then you live happily ever after. Like, it is what it is. You work through it. And I feel like a lot of that, besides the fact that it sounds like complete bullshit when you think about Disney movies now, um, makes me not want to let my future children watch it. (laughs) Um, It's kind of like, is there a real representation of marriage at this point anywhere? You know, like, are Mm. we being realistic with Uh, with our world? Right, right, right. Are we being, I know that, you know, TV, I get it. It's meant to be an escape. Yeah. Movies are meant to be an escape from your reality, like yeah. 100%. Um, but our depiction of relationships right now yeah. in society right. is so toxic. Yes. It just feels like the codependency will never stop. Yeah. You know, like, how do you find a person that is willing to go down that road with you and is willing to accept and forgive you when you don't know how to stop from yourself from having that behavior. So you're 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 asking, you're saying, so how do you find the person who's going to help you be a fully matured, self-sufficient adult? So when you do exhibit that codependent behavior, 
they will stop you and they will say, hey, this is not yeah. right. Or right? how do I recognize it Or better? how do you recognize it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how do I recognize it better? <laughs> well, and th- I think that's the point is that um, for people who don't stop you from being codependent, they're the ones who actually really enjoy it. And so what they often call it is the narcissist. Mm-hmm. It's the polar opposite of the codependent person. So you have the person who wants to give, give, give because it's all about them. That other person on the other end is the narcissist because it's all about them. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about the other person making them feel good because you can't have one without the other. Like the example of the family. My mother could constantly say, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Except if I'm the child who's like, I don't need that. What's wrong with you, mom? That would be what your partner would do. Mm. Your partner, if he is healthy and self-sufficient he's going to wonder are you okay what's wrong what can i do for you and i think it's like you said you want to find the right partner who's not a narcissist <laughs> right yeah. you don't want that partner to be also codependent because you're all both just trying to give right. up yourselves to that other person and not really trying to be self-sufficient and do for each other and still live your productive lives you want that person to be in the middle healthy except the exploration for us is for us to figure out how to be healthy for ourselves as well um you had said something that i thought was really um, profound there is not a really good example as we're growing up what healthy love looks like Mm. we only see these really crazy stories in movies and television and film where it's like you have the notebook, you have the Titanic, where people are ready to die for the (laughs) other person, right? And there's nothing wrong with wanting, being ready to die for the person you really love to take care of them. There's nothing wrong with that, except the thing is there are these extreme versions of what love could be. And oftentimes, healthy relationships are not those. And we don't get taught what that looks like, right? Unless we're brought up in a really great mom and dad family where they show what healthy relationships look like at all times we won't know and even if we're in a even if we're in a family with a really healthy relationship we don't often hear about what's going on with mom and dad anyway Mm, we don't hear how they went through arguments right and figure out how to work through them Mm -hmm. anyway what we do hear is when they have horrible arguments and they're unhealthy and right. they're destructive and abusive towards each other. And that's what we learn. We don't get to hear how is it that we become healthy people in relationships. Oftentimes what mothers or fathers are doing instead are saying, you got a, a girlfriend, you got a boyfriend, hold up. That's really what it is. And so you're right. There are not really good examples for us to learn what healthy relationships look like. And so it doesn't teach us to know what is right or normal for a healthy relationship to fight through or go through what are the normal challenges that exist that will happen in any relationship and what what is not okay so what are your boundaries right right that's truly the answer when it comes to figuring out what to do when you have codependent behaviors or you're in a codependent relationship is to have boundaries it's that what's hard for a lot of people is to know what to have boundaries for like 
I don't even know exactly what a healthy relationship is supposed to look or sound like. So what can I, what I'm supposed to say when it comes to boundaries? You know, what is too much? Sometimes we question for ourselves, am I asking too much to say, hey, I don't like this or I don't like that? And that's the hardest part here is to say, you know what? What is acceptable and what is not for those people who don't know what a healthy relationship is. So let's talk about eight clear signs that you are in a relationship that is based on codependency, that you are exhibiting codependent behavior that can be certainly destructive, not only to the relationship, more importantly to you as a individual. The first one we'll talk about is your partner's mood affects your own mood. Yes. Yeah. Huge one. It's a huge one. I mean, I can't tell you it's happened both ways for me. Okay. So it's happened, for example, I have come home from work when I was in that relationship and this person is angry for whatever reason. could be something as simple as the traffic, the parking on the street. could be something as more complicated like a family situation. Um, and then, you know, you get home and you're in, you're in a good mood and you're, you know, you're excited to see your partner. And then, you know, you, you recognize the mood immediately. And it just, it shifts everything because now it almost feels like, well, I have to be in, like, I have to feel this in tandem with you, right? So I have to go these through these emotions with you so that I can try to get you through them. Yes. Right? Right. So like, I have to try to get you through them by going through them myself so that we can figure out, or I can figure out for you how I can fix this for you. Because they need. Because they need me. They need you. I need to do this for them and because you this need is to what I it. said I would do. Yes. I need to fix it for them. Right. 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 And they depend on you for it. Yeah. Because they know that you're going to give it to them. Yeah. And they need you for that. And that's the narcissist. Yeah. And you as a codependent, and being a codependent person is like, you want to react and say, okay, I have to understand them. I have, I am responsible for taking care of them. And for a healthy person, again, it's like, okay, you're angry. Except you're responsible for figuring out how you're dealing with this anger. Right. Like, I'm, I, I understand you. I'm going to listen to you. And I care about you. I want you to be happy. I don't want you to be angry. Except I know that the responsibility ultimately and most importantly falls on you as a partner right not me and and i i remember being in a situation where the partner would say you know what i don't like the fact that i come here and and i am angry and then it does affect you except it never stopped mm -hmm. and then when they're at their most emotional point they forget that they said that <laughs> <laughs> and then they say you're not helping me. Right. Right. And they blame it. Mm -hmm. And that and is a sign. And then the guilt trip starts. Right. And that is a sign that they are in this world of it's about them mm. and showing those narcissistic behaviors. Except when you feel that guilt and when you feel like you need to do something, that is that codependent tendency that is coming up. Mm. Because you are feeling that and you're not supposed to. Not as a healthy person that's taking care of you and the other person. Oh, now I know how you feel the way you feel because I just shared my own story. Oh my God, it's a mile. I hope you all listen. 
another codependent sign is you say yes when you really mean no, and then feel resentful about it. Kind of goes back to what you said. Right. You don't feel like this is right, and you say yes anyway. Right. You give in and you just do it. Something in the back of your head says, "No, this just doesn't feel right. This doesn't seem right. I don't want to do this,"、mm-hmm. and you do it. Yeah. And then what happens also is that you feel resentful. And then that shows in your behaviors later on in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely,、yeah. it always comes back. To, maybe it's you said yes to this job that you don't really want. You know, maybe your significant other has decided to take a different career path that puts you in a completely different mindset, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially. You know, maybe that's another. Maybe it's also a part of. Moving away from your family when you maybe didn't want to in the first place, you know, separating yourself from that logic、right. or that that lifeline、right. that you've had and that you know that you need in some way, shape, or form, but you're going to sacrifice this. And why do you sacrifice all those things? For the other person. I mean, you sacrifice. You sacrifice yourself for the well-being of this other person because you think that this is what the right thing to do for this person. I need to be able to fix this for you. I need to be able to help you fix this for yourself.、Oh. I mean, the list is endless,、right. really. So it's like you do this to create a home for this person, for example,、mm-hmm. or to create the right environment that they want or need.、Mm-hmm. And you say yes to all these things when it's not necessarily what you necessarily want, right? Truly want, right? And so, what the healthy option would be is that you would go and say, okay. Well, let's talk about this. Well, this is kind of the things that I need. What is that that you need? And let's find the right thing that works for both of us.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're always gonna be if you're always caving in to something when you know so adamantly that you don't want to be in it, or you don't want to do it, or you don't want to feel it or say it. Then maybe that's a big sign of is this really working in my favor. Yeah, in my best interest. Yeah, or both of your best interests. In both. Of Why is this person、interests. even accepting it all and saying,、right. you know what? Yeah, that sounds good for me. Right. You barely do anything away from your partner. Like me spending all my time with you shouldn't be one of those requirements. Like I should be able to have my time, and you should be able to have your time, and we shouldn't be so codependent on each other that we are only willing to spend time with each other because we're so afraid of everything else. I mean, when I lived outside of New York, that was like the thing. I mean, first of all, you have no friends, you have no family,、oh. you're starting over. That was probably where most the most of the codependency started, or. Continued in a more heavy way. Oh, it became more extreme, more extreme, severe, way more severe, more noticeable. Like、yeah. now, looking back, it's like so noticeable. Yeah, you know, like you're all you have, so you're all you all you can do is with each other. So how do you how do you make everything work in your relationship, and then on top of that, spend all this time together? Talking through everything, trying to un- understand each other's love languages, trying to be like, okay, you know, what else can happen? What else can we do? You know, but that was a huge. That's a huge thing that I've definitely been a part of. Like constantly, twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.、Um, what's interesting about 
the codependent person is that they do regard themselves as powerful. That's what's interesting is that when you are in the mo in the codependent mode in so in so many words, they need control. They need to be able to control that their partner is happy. If that also means I'm going to be around all the time to make sure that they're okay, they'll do that. If I'm going to be around all the time because I need to trust that this relationship is going in the right direction, I'm going to do that. That even means that not trusting the narcissist because they have a tendency already to, to take care of themselves more than the other person, do some weird things, maybe unfaithful things, or even just detrimental, detrimental things to themselves. We want to stick around. We want to be around them all the time. Or sometimes they want us to be around all the time because they don't trust us because it's all about them or both. You think you can help your partner to change. The fact that you as a person in a relationship, you want to fix something about the other person because mm -hmm. you know it's healthy for them and it's right for them. And you want to help them because you believe if I can just help fix this one problem, will be in a good relationship. So like if I can get this person to speak my love language, all of the other things will disappear. Right. The problem with that is that you're spending so much time helping them. Right. How so, do you change your own destructive habits? Yeah. What are some examples of your own destructive habits? Right. Self-esteem. Like everything that you do as a result of your self-esteem or your lack of self-esteem, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. You don't take care of yourself, okay. right? Yeah. Like, and I'm, I know that there's this like social media image of what you should look like, but just for what that means for you, what does taking care of you mean for you, right? Maybe it's taking a bath. Maybe it's, um, you know, taking that extra time in the morning to put on, to put something on, to put something different on. Maybe it's taking time just to read a book for yourself, okay. you know? Yeah. Or go out with your friends. Or go out with your friends, right. whatever that encouragement looks like for you yeah. as an individual right that would be your self-esteem right and the destructive behavior is that you don't do that that you don't do that and you, that go, you allow yourself to sink into this hole with this other person yes and you forget to worry about yourself in any way and you're worrying about only the other one only the other one you have so much love to give but your partner seems to reject it you give all this love and you give all this attention and this person rejects it. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then you try to give it more and give even more. Yeah. I know that there's a big difference. I know that there are people who maybe don't need as much of it as others. There are people who need so much affection that they want to feel that love. Whether it's something as simple as like a word or a cuddle or a hug. Like whatever it is. I know that there are very different types of people in the world. And I certainly don't mean to you know, say that one way is better than the other. Um, but I do know that it's important that when you're feeling like you're giving this person so much love, I mean that you are showing this person that you care about them day in and day out by making sure that the things that they like and that they want out of life are ever present or making sure that you are doing your best to be your best version of yourself for them. For them. And that feels like that isn't being given as much effort in return. Yes. First of all, it completely sucks. 
it completely sucks. Second of all, you start feeling like, well, I need to overcompensate now because, you know, he's just not like that or she's just not like that. Mm. And so I need to be able to make up for it for the both of us. And then you've now you've given so much that at the end of the day, maybe when you're ready to go to sleep and you start, you know, focusing on your own thoughts for once, you're like, what did I do today? Did I do anything for myself? Did I do anything to show myself that I love myself? You know, like it sounds counterproductive, but what what sounds counterproductive that you're thinking about yourself versus the other person about who you are in this relationship? You you give so much that the idea is that you give so much that it even hurts. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point is you give and you give until it hurts. This is love at its purest and its finest. It's almost like something to be acknowledged and recognized and praised. And you don't get it. You don't get it. And the thing is, is that have you. So do, does it feel like sometimes in a relationship that you go constantly and trying to give it and then you even ask for a little bit right? you say hey can you give hey, me a little bit can you give me this right this is what i need you to do for me and how many years do you say that mm. right depends on the person depends on the person right. it depends on which person depends on the one that's giving and giving and giving yeah true that right if we're the codependent one then we're actually thinking it's depending on the other person and it will continue on until that person gives it to us when really it's about when we decide that it's not enough because that's not what a relationship is supposed to be like. Right. And a, a healthy person that we're in a relationship with at some point goes and says, okay, I get it. You want love a certain way. I am not familiar with love in that way, except I love you and I want to show that to you. So if you need to see that love, in candy every morning, I'm going to give you love in candy every morning. If you need love, <laughs> if you need love every day by me saying, hey, I'm going to leave you a post-it in your lunchbox, okay. If you need a morning text message, okay. It's not much considering, hey, I love you. <laughs> if I love you, it's not much to do. We're not talking about giving me $100 every day. That could be love, though. That could be love. <laughs> I will not decline that. You worry about your partner leaving you. Um, for sure, I've been in codependent relationships, and I did worry. Mm. And I was wondering, do they not need me? What's going on? Oftentimes, if they are truly the narcissist, they really enjoy the comfortability of having you take care of them. For other people, it's too much. They may want to say, you know, this is too much. It's not healthy whether they understand it under those terms of they just feel it. And so we fear that they will leave us. It's, it's like a cycle. That fear affects our behavior. And that manifests into these circumstances that makes it hard to stay. You fantasize about leaving your partner. Um, you fantasize about leaving your partner. We talked All about the that. Time. <laughs> Too many times. Too many times. Too many yes, times. Yes. Sometimes wondering. Sometimes from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And right. that's a clear sign of a red flag. If you're feeling that from the beginning, maybe you shouldn't continue right. on those dates. Maybe that relationship shouldn't continue just because you're lonely. 
Oh, because you're lonely. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, there's no one around. Right. No one else. No one else. This seems like a like a good place to to stop here. Yeah. Let me just stop here. Right. Because th- like people always say there are so many people. <laughs> there are so many fish in the sea. There really truly are. There are. There are. But it feels smaller and smaller. It does because it's a lot of bad fish. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, just this one person. They're kind of, they're almost there. They're kind of good. Sierra, if you're listening, girl, send that Russell, that Russell prayer that you sent up to God. What does that mean? <laughs> Share that with us. What, 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 what do you mean? What Russell prayer? You don't know. She, she sent, she prayed to God. Oh, for, oh, for, oh, I, I, oh, really? She said a very specific prayer. Okay. And then God sent her Russell. Did she ever husband. share what that prayer was? She's alluded to some of the things, but she's never said the whole thing. Why? Because she's keeping it for herself? Right. You never know. It's very special. He treats her like a queen. <laughs> Your partner's behavior is borderline, over the line, abusive. Mm. I think that. I think that. We give excuses for the borderline. Yeah. Like hands down. Right. Hands down. Right. Because we sometimes say, oh, they're just really angry. They're really having a hard time. Mm-hmm. They're struggling. Yeah. They're they're going through so much yeah. right now. And if I have I to be a, there for this person. Right. I have to be strong. Mm-hmm. I have to control this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I had to go through what they're going through, I don't know how I would act. Mm-hmm. Right. And so... We stick it out. Yeah. And we say, you know, this certainly doesn't look like the abuse that I hear mm-hmm. or heard. Well, so he, this is, is, he or she is not touching me physically. Yeah. So it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's fine. It's just right. words. Or maybe he did it and it was not excessive. It wasn't that extreme. Right. Or maybe. Okay. Maybe it was just, just the one. Dramatic. Maybe it's just being dramatic. Right. Maybe I'm being dramatic. <laughs> oh, maybe you're being dramatic. Yes. Like, it's not that serious. It's not that serious. Or maybe it just will only happen one time. Right. Or maybe it, has a, it only will happen twice. I, I threatened him with leaving him. He'll never do it again. Right. He'll never do it again because he wants, he loves me so much. And then by the 10th time, the 20th time, I think it comes back to that point that you mentioned that it's too late. Where do you go from here? You can't you can't find your way out. So oh, if they're being that's aggressive, a huge one. yeah, sure. I mean, if they're being aggressive or they're verbally abusing you or even if they're being physical, no matter how much or how little, that needs to be a stop. There's not even a point where you need to have a conversation. That's what most people would say. Except like you said, we get caught up in this moment where we we say love. We feel like we're responsible. And we're already married, maybe. And then what do you do? How do you even get out? Based on the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, one in four women and one in nine men experience violence committed by an intimate partner. Relationships are not meant to be easy. At the same time, they are not meant to cause you harm. If you're going through a situation involving abuse, and you're not sure what to do, you're not alone. There are people who care. Contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. The only thing that we know for sure is that codependent behaviors are not healthy. And so we have to do something to get ourselves 
out that situation. And the one thing that we can depend on is changing ourselves. We can't necessarily, as we realize, we can't change the other person. Maybe that will be good for the next topic. Yeah, sounds good. So now what, right? What do I do now? What do we do when you've now realized you're in a codependent relationship? What's the next step? Is it about not being any with this person anymore? Do you have a conversation about this codependency? You know, how yes. how far are we going to take it here? The first step I think that is most important is for us to just recognize how many of these signs is a representation of how we interact within a relationship. If we're not in a relationship, we may want to think about are these the tendencies that we tend to demonstrate in most relationships? Or that we tend to be attracted to. Mm, yes. So they say that as a codependent person, we look for needy people. Mm. Because if we find value in being this helpful, let me help this person, let me take care of this person, we tend to be drawn by people who are needy. Because they need us and it makes us feel good to be needed. It feels good like, oh, this person really needs me and, and will certainly love me as a result because need and love is almost one and the same. That in itself is a sign. So identifying those red flags for sure. And communicating your boundaries. Okay. Like, that's a huge piece of it, right? Yes. So like this is what's this is what I'm willing to accept. This is how far I'm willing to let things go. And you should have those same boundaries for yourself in our relationship, in our friendship, in our familial connection. Yeah. Like we should all have boundaries in every relationship that we have in our lives and yeah. those boundaries are not all going to look the same no of course you no, know absolutely what is it that you need different people yeah. yeah what is it that you need yeah. in that relationship because there's nothing wrong with needing things yeah. it's okay like just saying hey can you do this for me i would really appreciate it if that other person can have a healthy conversation about it and say you know what i don't really see it as a necessary thing well i don't necessarily see it as a necessary necessary thing for me except this is what it is needed for you then I will be happy to understand how I can do that in some way, shape, or form. So just have those conversations. Um, if you are doing it for the sake of the relationship, then your asks are probably just fine and okay. Now, if you're doing it just for yourself, then you may, you're, you may be yourself a narcissist. Except if you are asking for it for the sake of the relationship and saying, you know what? This, the apartment is getting messy here and it just seems to be so hard to take care of. Can we work out something to clean? That's for the relationship, not for your own just OCD complex because of the relationship. Then you're fine. Maybe that would be the lens or filter to think about to make it easier for you to ask what you need. Asking to say, hey, um, I, want, I, I want to see my friend. I get you need me for this situation. Maybe I can see this person at this other time. Hey, I need you to trust me because I value our relationship. This is for our relationship. I just want to make sure to take care of my friend who's having a, a, a baby shower. Like those are not big asks. And if you think about from a sustainable standpoint, if you can't do that now and you can't do that 10 years from now, then how are you going to continue to live your life with this person? Mm. So what if none of this shit works? Because that's what we really want to know. What do you think, Anna? 
get the fuck out of you there. Just gotta, you gotta go. Like, you have to be not afraid to leave. And if you're not, that might be a symptom to the codependent. And don't get me wrong. Leaving looks and feels scary as It's supposed to be that way. Yeah. You're supposed to feel that way because it's new. It's fresh. It's something that you're doing for yourself. It's going to look and feel very different than maybe you looked and felt 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Completely it's normal. Nothing. It's completely normal yes. to be a different person yeah. and to want to be a different person outside of that relationship. Yeah, because you start to feel like, okay, I'm going to be a better person. Mm-hmm. And if that's the only thing that keeps you going and keeps you thinking, okay, you know what? I'm going to be happier, then do it. Now, we know that anyone has the ability to demonstrate characteristics of both codependency and narcissism. This is a journey that many of us are on, and oftentimes, relationships give us the safe opportunity to grow and become these well-balanced individuals. We all have baggage. The question is, do we work on it together? In a codependent state, that work and that responsibility falls all on you. It is your partner that has to do the work, maybe partly with you, and more importantly, wants to do it regardless of you. And we have to do the work for ourselves. You know, oftentimes, these insecurities and these issues, we're we're expecting our partners to fill these holes. And truly, the relationship is only a place, a safe place, for us to really heal ourselves. If you feel like you do need help, please, please reach out to someone. By no means are we therapists. By no means are we medical or mental health professionals. Please reach out to someone, anyone. Just tell someone that's half the battle. Don't try to keep it all in and to yourself. So we wish you all the luck as you continue your journey in both love and life. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Habitual Truth. We sure do hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or thoughts, reach out to us on Instagram at Habitual Truth Podcast. Ryan Little. We'd love to hear what's on your mind. We upload an episode every other week, so be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Until next time, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak, speak your, your truth. truth.